Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Bombay We Learn. Bombay is the Hawaiian pidgin English word for later or some other time. This is episode 12, Hackers, Smackers, and Soda Crackers. On today's episode, I talk about some of the struggles that we face dealing with IT security today and trying to keep our privacies and protecting our information out there. So join me, your humble host, Harley Mattos, as we get together and share stories of our success, our failures, and just overall lessons in life so that Bombay we learn. You know, in the IT security world, October is known as IT Security Awareness Month. Now, ordinarily, I educate people out there with IT security. And I often think that or assume that people around me automatically know about IT security. But there are things that are happening out there that are making it increasingly difficult for us to keep our privacy, to keep ourselves and our system secure. And this is happening to everyone, including those who have a full understanding of information technology and security and are Akamai a little smart about what we need to do to protect ourselves. When I first started working in IT consulting, one of the things I came across was this product that it trains people into these little short five-minute, ten-minute videos and, and little quizzes on basics about IT security. And I actually kind of fell in love with the product and actually went to become a, a reseller of it and uh, out there help people better or protect themselves for IT security. But some of the things out there are changing. It's not just people sending emails and tricking you to click on a link now. One of the things I noticed in the sales of this product was that the people who did click on the link, while they were sitting at their desk, they were actually very more aware of whether or not they should be opening up an email or clicking the link. And they would, I don't know, spend more time investigating it, I guess. Either that or because they were at their desk, they were busy and they just pushed it aside. But the other side of it was the people who were getting their emails on their mobile devices. They weren't as... I don't know if it was the ability of what they had within their phones or screens, but we found through the tests that we did that people were on the phones clicking the link more often. They had less ability to, you know, move the mouse over the link and see if does it actually go to the website that it says it does, or is it going to somewhere else? Or they were more willing to open up an email because they weren't seeing the preview or I'm just say, hey, what is this? And they'll open it and throw it away after. But we noticed there was more activity with people on mobile devices. This actually kind of led me to think about it a little bit more and strategies on as people change their lives from being more on the computer to more on these mobile devices, we have to be more aware, more Akamai about what we do on these devices because these are like your wallets. I mean, you have your ID on here. You have payment systems. You have information about who you are. It has access to your records, your files, and things like that. So this device now, which, you know, fits in the pocket pants and, you know, put it on the opposite cheek of my wallet. 
On one side, I have my wallet. The other side of my pants, I have my phone. And but the other, the, the bottom line is here's this this powerful device, and not just I'm talking about processing power, but the information it has about us, the ability it gives us, what it is. And now people are taking advantage of it. People are taking advantage of us through these devices. One of the things the pandemic has taught all of us, especially those in the IT world, the office is not just these brick and mortars that exist in downtown, the 17th floor of a financial plaza overlooking Bishop Street here. But no, it's now remote wherever people are. And we've experienced that more of a thought of a disaster recovery kind of thing. What do we do if we can't get into the office and we plan those prep pants? I mean, it's been a hundred years since the Spanish flu hit the world. And at the time, no one was thinking that there was ever going to be a situation where downtowns were shut down and people weren't going to be allowed on the streets anymore to get into the office. And so work created new ways to get people access to the information. And a lot of times it was through these mobile devices on their phones or on their home computers, quickly setting up VPNs and whatever, trying to secure that. That is the job of the IT guys is not only to provide the access to the information, but also to secure it. We talk about the CIA, you know, the confidentiality, the integrity and the access of the information. People sometimes forget that it's a even triangle that, you know, we have to be much aware of people being able to access information as we are able to securing it. And we need to have that balance in there. But the, you know, the attackers, the hackers, the people who mean harm to us have known about the fact that there are these devices that are sitting out there outside of the secure network. And the criminal mind is going to attack the easiest of these things. Well, why should I why should I charge the wall of this this fortress when someone has this big door on the side wide open for me to get in through? And that's that's sometimes these mobile devices. And the reason why I bring this up a little bit more about the mobile device is I had a, a friend who actually was expecting a package. Actually she wasn't expecting a package. It was her sister that was expecting a package to come to the house. And it was a UPS package that she was expecting for a computer monitor because of these, you know, new system at home. I need to have these bigger screens. Now I'm not going to work off a laptop anymore because I'm spending more time. So there was a convincing text message that was sent to this phone, this person's phone. Now, this is not an email. This is the text message. And it looked like it was coming from a legitimate FedEx and just by coincidence, because there wasn't a package being expected, she clicked the link in the text message. Now, most security programs are designed and classes are taught on emails. And we got an unexpected link in a email and a text message, which a lot of people are communicating with these days. And because it was semi-expected, I didn't spend much time thinking about it. The clink opened up to a website and actually opened up a phone call with a support person. In, and although it felt weird, she continued on with the conversation, allowing access to account information, including giving PIN numbers. And uh, so the access codes were there. 
it was after the conversation and hanging up phone that the questioning started to happen. As bad as she felt, you know, she came forward and then asked the questions of was she supposed to do that? Was that right? And panic set in because of the information that was sent. Now, the first thing is first is recognizing that there was a possibility of a scam. And in this case, it definitely was a scam. But to act on it, right? It's not to feel bad. First things first you do is you disable all the all the access to the accounts that you've shared information with. And then you go and change, get new cards, and you do you do all the work, the passwords, you do all the hard work that has to be done to protect yourself so that someone cannot take advantage of the information which provided them. Now, I talked before about learning the lesson, and so this is the one thing, right? So now that we've gone through this, we learned the lesson and, and the advantage of that experience, and we share that experience, right? So this is where, you know, one by we learn, we're learning and we're sharing the information so that hopefully our, our family and friends don't also fall for that, so we get this information here. And this is interesting because now you start seeing different ways that these people are coming in and trying to trick us to click on these links and provide information. So not only are they following up on the way that they're sending us these, um, I guess, these entry points into their scheme, but they're also being clever and they're very good in these social skills ability and to pull information out from you that would help them make their story more believable and have you surrender information that you normally wouldn't have if you've been in a more protected mode. So even if people I know are sending me links, I follow up. I don't click on them. I either call them or send them emails and say, hey, um, is there another way you can get this information or can I go to the link directly? Tell me what it is. Especially when you have these links with their shortened uh, aliases, which makes it very, very difficult to see where are you truly going especially on a text message because the tools that we have to protect ourselves, again, they're not built into that, that media of, of receiving a text message. It's mostly in emails or, or when we go to websites. So it was a, it's amazing that we're getting this. The other episode that happened is, you know, my, strange enough, it was my mother. I'm over there and my mother, bless her heart, has, even though her, her son is an IT guy. Her other son is over there designing computer chips. Her daughter's over there doing uh, cybersecurity for one of those three initial agencies out there. Another daughter's over there selling computer supplies. You know, mind you, not all of us are in IT or, or technology related fields. Some of us doing other things are very, very much important. But the bottom line is, she herself hasn't really ever touched a computer uh, all my life. I mean, my, my mother doesn't want to learn it, has no desire to, very, very limited access or desire to learn. So when I was over there, she was out uh, um, of the, the, the room, and the phone rang, and pick up a call about a problem with her Amazon account. So... Be curious and very much entertained by the fact that this person thinks that my mother has an Amazon account. You know, I kind of listened to where they're going with this. And there was conversations about how, hey, there's a problem. Someone looks like someone's using your account. It's got compromised. And they're about to make this huge purchase. And they want to 
um, get information from us to verify it. And the first question asked is, like, can you tell us what your account is? If you're truly Amazon, you know what my account is. Um, and if you do get phone calls like this, I mean, they tell you the first thing is to hang up. But if you do have a problem, you, want to, you can actually go onto your computer yourself and Amazon or whoever it is will have a message on your webpage that will tell you, hey, what are we trying to get contact you? Here's the information. So those are kind of things that you need to look for that's not going to be a part of the information that you're going to get, the typical thing. So we're getting phone calls to you. They're using traditional phone calls. Now, there are people who fall for this, and especially our seniors, uh, our Kapuna, you know, they get told, but they're not the only ones. I've known people who are, are my age, middle-aged management, in fact, who have been tricked into go buying gift cards and giving it out. Um, the interesting thing is my mother doesn't have caller ID in her phone, so I don't know where it's coming from, but she actually has a landline, and she gets these types of phone calls quite often. She did fall into that trap once of getting her to talk more and giving them information that led them into making their store more believable. And this was once when she mentioned the name of the grandsons. And uh, they had that whole scam about your grandson's in trouble, you need to blah, blah, blah. They didn't say which grandson it was. They even said it was a grandson. But she kind of just jumped to a conclusion. And she realized that it was not appropriate at the time. And then she kind of backed off and realized, no, this can't be right. Wait a minute, he's not even here. Uh, he's out doing his thing, he's traveling, he's doing work. So the story fall, fell apart in her head and she automatically hung up the phone. So she's a very wise woman. Um, she understands that these scams are out there. Um, sometimes she's too quick to hang up the phone because there are sometimes there are robocalls that are important that she just hang up on. But the thing is, we need to be aware that these type of attacks are coming from different things. So while my mother would never get a text message because she doesn't own a cell phone, well, uh, they will still call you and try to get you to trick you in this information. And the, the thing is, the information that's out there is not always coming from you. And a lot of times, it's not. Your computer may be a source. You may have clicked on an email and you're, you think you provide information. You think you got hacked. But the truth is, sometimes it's not you that got hacked. We see a lot of organizations out there that we partner with, with banks, uh, um, our book clubs that we join, our gym memberships, uh, something that we bought something from once, one before, you know, our, our jogging app. On our, those things that have our email addresses or have accounts, sometimes they get hacked. Sometimes, you know, the companies that we think are protecting our information Sometimes they get attacked because they have these, to the hackers, these treasure troves of information that they can use. And they sell your information to people. And those people then try to do targeted attacks or try and see if they can get something out of you. And this actually happened to my uncle where he got in trouble because there was someone who called. And it was a similar scam to what happened to my mother was someone was talking about Amazon saying they bought a large amount purchased on the phones uh, from the account and was going to you know, send it out unless they provided more information doing things. The thing was they had a lot of information about the uncle and the names and certain things, which lead to believe that it wasn't his computer that was being compromised, but perhaps it was somewhere else. Something that was common that was 
being attacked and someone used that information and started to see if they can generate revenue off of it. This is their business, right? They try to scam people. I got asked once, like, why do people have spam for it? We said times like, well, because, hey, I don't need to have everyone I send to. The million people I send these emails to, I don't need to have everyone to click on. I just need to have a few of them. And if I make horrible mistakes, if I make bad grammar or unbelievable story that to most people may seem obvious that this is a scam. It's the ones that click on it that I kind of want, right? The guys who either are not sure or don't believe it's a scam. Those are the people I want to click on it. And even if it's 5% of the people that I send the emails out to, those are the people that I'm going to try to generate revenue off of. Now, mind you, I'm using the me as a royal me. I'm not the guy doing this. I'm not the Rubian print somewhere out there, so please don't send emails. <laughs> At least not about that. But the thing is, what can we do? And there are thing, tools out there that we can do. So first off, you know, we want to make sure that we're not, 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 not using the same password for every account we have out there. So my logon to the computer, my logon to my email, my logon to my bank, my logon to my airfare, my logon to gym membership should be different passwords for everyone. The second thing is actually sign up for one of the tools you can use is actually a password management tool. Me personally, I use LastPass and I sign up for LastPass family plan. One, it's a reasonable price. They're not a sponsor show, but it's just my personal opinion from their family plan because it does allow me and my family to install this on their devices and protect us with their phones their computers, their tablets, they can actually use this password generation program. So the truth of the matter is all I need to really do is memorize one very difficult password. It's going to be, say, passphrase, right? You know, you can create a sentence and change a couple of things here and there and use that difficult 32-character password to protect everything else that's behind there and then let it choose random passwords for you. So... Truth is, I got 64-bit passwords that I randomized with uppercase, lowercase, special characters, numbers, and I don't know what they are. The program picks it out, and when I go to the website, it fills it in for me, as long as I'm logging into the website. But the other thing that you want to do as much as possible is turn on what they call two-factor or multi-factor authentication. So that way, your password is not the only thing that's getting you into that website. Either it'll send you a text message once you put your password in or it'll ask you to put in these codes that show up on your phone or pushing a button that shows up on your phone. But it's a second way to verify, hey, since you have your phone and you have the password, then I can trust it's you. But it's not going to get you in with just one of the things. The other reason why I like LastPass is that within there, there's a web monitoring tool. So I can put my emails in there and it will watch my emails. It will watch my phone numbers for me. It will watch information that I put in there and it'll tell me, hey, we seen a report that this company XYZ got hacked and we noticed that the information that it dumped out there on the website had your information in it. So you may want to go and talk to these guys or go change your passwords for these guys before anything happens. So password or email monitoring, privacy monitoring is something that you can do on the web. There's a website, Have I Been Pwned? And it can tell you whether or not your email account has already been showing up on some of these dark web lists. I would actually take advantage of those informations. But the first thing 
first of all, is be suspicious of anything that you receive. Phone calls you get, emails you get, text messages you get that asks for information. And if you don't know who they are and you don't have a relationship with that person and you, they weren't expecting to get that type of request, don't provide them that information. Find another vehicle to do Because when we take the time to second guess or question, that's how we start taking care of ourselves. We start looking at things. And hopefully we learn from these type of activities and we learn from when watching the news and we learn from our friends' stories and we share when we learn from these experiences. And that's how we grow. Because bye bye, we're not going to learn and we might lose some things that are valuable to us. And that's why we share, we take care of that bum by we learn. I know you have options and where you spend your time, and I, I hope you have no regrets in sharing some time with he here today. Let me share my manao, my thoughts that bum by we learn. Bum by we learn is a weekly cast with your humble host, Harley Matos, an independent certified coach, trainer, and speaker with the John Maxwell team. Please visit mccoachingandtraining.com for more information on our services. And thank you to MC Coaching and Training for sponsoring today's podcast. They ask that you please send your help to a local food bank with non-perishable food, monetary donations, or volunteering your time. Mahalo. John Bartman for performance of Just Having a Beatbox.